Rich Jacobs, today's guest, is the founder of a nonprofit program called Get Free and Stay Free, supporting incarcerated people as they prepare for release as returning citizens. Rich has worked in a maximum security prison for 20 years and wants to help the people he serves. He'll share insights about his work and his superpower. I'm your host, Devin Thorpe. Welcome to the Superpowers for Good show. Rich, thank you so much for joining me today. It's a thrill to meet you. Thank you, Devin. I'm excited to be here, and I appreciate you taking the time to interview me. Well, this is really uh, important work that you're doing with uh, Get Free and Stay Free, helping people uh, who are currently incarcerated find a path to freedom, both at sort of a practical and a spiritual level as well. I know you do that kind of work, and then trying to help them stay on a path that will keep them out of prison. Uh, this is important work. Uh, tell us a little bit about Get Free and Stay Free. Right. So Get Free and Stay Free, it's a uh, publishing platform uh, where I partner with Yoke Fellowship Prison Ministry to uh, create stories of inspiration told only by those who have been impacted in the uh, uh, criminal justice industry. And um, we actually have a website and we have a, a first book that we published just uh, in the past week or so. And uh, what it is, is we interviewed 10 or 11, Pastor Dave Lewis uh, with Yoke Fellowship interviewed 11 men and women who got out of prison and they beat the odds of because of, all we ever hear is reports. It really hasn't changed over the last 20 years. Is that up to two thirds of the men and women who get out of prison go go back to prison within three years? So, so we're sharing these stories, and and uh, the goal is to show the people about the one third. We always hear about the two third, but let's look at what did work uh, for them, and, and and they share their story. Yeah, uh, it, it is uh, incredibly important to try and help folks uh, succeed. Uh, one of the people you profile is uh, Marcus Bullock, I think. Uh, and uh, I had Marcus on the show several years ago uh, when mm -hmm. he launched Flick Shop. Uh, he's kind of uh, become a good role model for, for finding that path to stay out of prison. What do you think the keys to success are? Well, for the prisoners who are in prison, it has to be some type of a sliver of hope because inside the prison system, as you can imagine, there's very little hope and there's very little resources for them to even have hope. Unfortunately, the criminal justice system has become more of a warehousing uh, scenario than, than a rehabilitation. And then even then, that's a buzzword. And it's important that, you know, for rehabilitation, if that's the word that you want to use, is, is, is the goal. The man himself or the woman himself has to be ready to change himself or herself. And I always uh, share with them, with the men that I deal with uh, working inside of one of the largest maximum security prisons in the United States for the last 20 years is that, yes, you know, society needs to step up to the plate to help them when they get out, not to give them a handout, but a hand up. But at the same time, uh, the man or the woman has to be ready. And unfortunately, a lot of the times, a lot of the younger prisoners aren't ready for that. Their mind in the correctional setting is how to get out and play the game some more and how to 
sell more drugs and how to, you know, so it's a delicate balance of, uh, you know, both sides of the aisle, the incarcerated person and, and society, not creating more punishment for them when they come back into society. They've already paid their dues. They paid their time. And, you know, we should be trying to help encourage them to, uh, to, to succeed when they get out. Yeah, I, I've heard some horror stories of jail and prison releases sometimes conducted in the wee hours of the morning, turning someone loose outside of the door, penniless on a cold winter night, and you know, wishing them well, uh, not even alerting family or friends. Uh, and so uh, we sometimes, it seems like the system kind of, uh, in some places, in some circumstances, seems set up to to just continue that punishment. Uh, so it, you, you highlight this in your your comments, but it seems like there there are things the system needs to do to better prepare people for release and to give them that hand up on the way out. What are some of the things you see that are most important that the system could do to better enable uh, people to to stay free? So reentry uh, for returning citizens. Returning citizens is a more nicer way of putting an ex-offender, you know, ex-inmate, um, ex-convict, um, and to help the returning citizens succeed when they get out. Uh, more emphasis on that. And I've noticed the last five years or so, we're, we're, we're finally starting to get it. The system is finally starting to get the importance of it. And the more that corrections can invite the community into the behind the, the, the concrete steel and paint of the institutions across America, the better that it, it, it will work. But the system is so overwhelmed as many systems with so many needs that it's hard to allocate the funds and the and the energy to the proactive kind of of uh, situations that are out there. So I would just say if we can get a better handle on the reentry services, there's a lot of program services, education, you know, and that's all good, of course. Um, but as far as in trying to figure out what exactly does the man or woman want or need, not to force feed a standardized, you know, situation, but to listen to them, what is the, 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 the need? And most of the time, even though you can break down reentry resource needs into maybe 10 or 15 different things, the top two that always comes, uh, that rises to the top that they need is housing and employment. Uh, one of the good things is that employment nowadays in the United States is, is so unlike the old days, where the old days you got out of prison, check off the box, ex-felon, the, the application would go right into the trash. But now, because of the workforce and, 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 and the baby boomers retiring, there's a whole large portion of all kinds of occupations that are available. And I share with the men to, uh, to be encouraged more than ever. And I have men that I work with on the streets through the prison ministry that they tell me, uh, Mr. Jacobs, uh, I'm telling you, uh, you know, it's going good out here. And if somebody don't come out here and get a job, 
and, and, and within 30 days, uh, that's because they don't want a job. And uh, the new minimum wage, you know, is, is more like $15, $20 an hour, which is, is uh, much better than the, the $7, $10, $10 an hour. And especially when the prisoners get paid 19 to 42 cents an hour. And that's on the inside. That's always an interesting concept because I see some of these guys have a work ethic that you wouldn't believe. And I'm thinking, boy, if I, you know, just, you know, knew who really wanted this guy, I would, uh, I would recommend them because if they work that good and hard for 19 to 42 cents an hour, imagine what they're going to do for 15 or $20 an hour. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. As you think about the, the men you work with uh, there at the prison, um, as you've seen not only them, but you've been able to, I, I imagine, track some of them as they've left uh, with your work through uh, Get Free and Stay Free and the ministry you're involved with there. Um, you also uh, kind of have that perspective to be able to say, what what should the prisoners take responsibility for doing while they're in prison to prepare for a successful life, a free life, stay free after after prison? Yes. So there's a cliche or a saying, but it really holds a lot of truth to it, uh, regardless of the, how long their sentence is. But reentry should start the first day of incarceration. So a lot of these men have the opportunity to, uh, if they have a five to 10 year sentence and they go up for parole and parole looks at it and they say, you've been here and they look in the, the, the program services uh, and they say, you've been here 10 years and you haven't done anything, you know. So it would be for those who are ready to you know, live a new life, be transformed. And again, this goes back to the man wanting to do it. And um, there's an excellent analogy that a, a, a guy in Texas gave me that really, uh, I, I agree with it in my experiences so much. And it's like of the 100% of the men that come out, um, a third of them uh, experienced some type of aha moment somewhere along the line of their journey and said, you know what, that is it. I am done. Whether that aha moment came overnight or if it was after years of seeds being planted um, and those kind of things. And, and that and that group of men are, are you can really work with them. They're they're hungry. They're thirsty to do right. Then you got a third of the whole system uh, that the men are like, mm -mm, forget about that. I'm, they're looking forward to getting back to the streets to do what they do. And then the other third, unfortunately, are mentally ill and, and addiction problems, and they need extra help and services to really uh, see them through. But to answer your question, it's, you know, being able to um, want to do the change, take advantage. Uh, there's another saying uh, for them to let the time, don't let the time do you, you do the time. In other words, hang out with the right people, take advantage of every class or educational experience, vocational experience you can get involved with, try to get a job uh, in the prison system that you can have a little bit of 
passion for, not that there's a lot of those type opportunities, but that, that kind of thing. Yeah, it, it, it is incredibly important work uh, that we're all engaged in uh, at some level uh, in connecting with this. I think most of us now, uh, because our country incarcerates so many people, most of us have people in our circle who've been there. I've worked with friends uh, who've returned and spent time, uh, invested time trying to help them getting jobs and this sort of thing as they come out. And and so I I have a little hands-on. I have a cousin who's doing a very long sentence uh, and uh, I stay in close contact with him. Uh, So I think that to some extent, all of us are engaged or can be or should be in this. Uh, Perhaps that leads to the, the, the appropriate next question. What can those of us who are on the periphery, based on your experience, how can we best help the returning citizens? Well, you actually made a very good point there, Devin, and that is we did lock up so many people in this country. It, it was a failed experiment, social experiment, lock them up, throw away the keys mentality, uh, three strikes, you're out. And we did lock up so many people and that it's, 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 uh, it's everywhere now. And 10,000 people a week, the United States Department of Justice tells us, comes in back into our neighborhood um, every week of the year. So what do we do for those who might not be like your listeners are like, you know, oh, wow, this is pretty crazy and important. And how, how can I help? And the, the, the thing would be just to be more empathetic, not sympathetic. The men don't need that and uh, the women as well, I'm sure. But be empathetic to the scenario where as they're coming out and they're human beings and they have emotions like us, they're not, they're not caged animals. You know, the very, very small percent of them, you know, are there are some of them, and that's where the TV shows depict all the, the feces throwing. We have that some of that. We have a unit in, in the prison that I work at, but that's not that's that's the smaller percent. And if you're an employer, like you know what, I, I wouldn't mind taking a chance on a guy like this. Or if you're or if it's in your neighborhood, it's like. Hey, you know, hey, welcome to our neighborhood. That same fellow that has that great analogy in Texas, his uh, his thinking is in uh, Texas and Georgia, by the way, it's interesting. They have some of the best recidivism rates in the country where uh, it's not up to two thirds that go back to jail. It's a lot lower. And that's surprising for Texas because Texas is known for executing the most out of any state in the country. And, but their premise is, uh, all right, partner, you're coming in our neighborhood. You're now our neighbor. Now we're going to do what we can to remove every excuse for you not to uh, go back to prison. We're going to help you get a job. We're going to uh, help you get a place to live, but you're going to show up. You're going to be a man. You're going to put put your big boy pants on and uh, you're going to be a man. And uh, but we're going to we're going we're gonna to take the excuses away from you. And, and it's such a practical concept that um, it's not like you're, we're not your mommy and daddy. We're not going to enable you. We're not, not going to pity you, but we are going to help you succeed in our neighborhood. Interesting. Interesting model. Well, 
uh, Reggie, I really appreciate you sharing all of that. Uh, this is such an important program. I, I wonder, what would you say is your superpower? My superpower is that I have empathy and I am able to have patience and being 20 years working in, inside the prison system, it took me quite a while to learn how to run an operation. Uh, I'm, a I'm a vocational school teacher when I'm not being a volunteer with Joke Fellowship Prison Ministry. And, and I've learned how to treat the men with respect, but in a no-nonsense kind of way. And I create an atmosphere where we, where we know how to have fun and respect, but get the job done, get the studies done, get the the most important things at, at hand. And and I'm, I believe I'm the exception and not the rule, generally speaking, when it comes to corrections, uh, because it's a very high stress business and you get burned out pretty easily. And I can understand the burnout factor, but I would say my superpower is is having empathy with the men, but even above that, it's my it's my spiritual faith in my God and the ability to um, try to do the best that I can in this life, knowing the value uh, at the end of the day of helping somebody else to do uh, right, and I can put my head on the pillow at the end of the night when I know that. I do right. And that translates, or I hear that a lot from the men themselves, like who try to do, uh, do right in life. And, but a lot of these men were, were raised in cultures that a lot of folks like yourself and I, and your, perhaps a lot of your listeners, we just don't get the type of culture. I remember one, one um, prisoner told me one time about 10, 15 years ago, he said, Mr. Jacobs, I just want to do right so bad. And I had my mind set up and I went home and I told my mom, mom, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go the right path. She said, boy, you better get out there and sell drugs and cuss at them and said, stop talking that nonsense. And, uh, and, and, that, and that's, and that's the reality that we're in. Uh, you alluded to, you, you alluded to earlier in the, um, in the, in the, uh, uh, our interview about how, you know, they just dropped out in the middle of the day. And uh, the superintendent told my class when we started, very true story. It was time for a guy to get out and he did his uh, maximum time and he was scared to death of getting out. The, 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 the CERT team had to physically extract him to take him out put him in a corrections van to take him down to the bus station and give him a ticket to go down to the city. And I kid you not, within 24 hours, that man committed a murder so he could get to come back to prison for the rest of his life because the, 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 there's institutionalization. We institutionalize them after a certain amount of way where the thought of having to get a room or a place to live and pay bills and be and figure out what to do it's a very very common uh, uh, scenario yeah we, we learn to do those things 
and keep doing them and they become second nature. But you take someone out of that system for 20, 30 years uh, and say, by the way, next week, uh, no one's going to bring you food. You got to go buy food. Uh, no one's going to give you a place to live. You got to go pay rent somewhere. That's scary stuff. That's scary. Stressful. Stuff that very, yeah. very, yep. Very yeah. stressful. But, but being able to appreciate that, I think, is uh, exemplifies your empathy. Uh, and you talked about that as a, as your superpower. It, it's really hard, I think, for a lot of us. Um, and it, it's difficult uh, sometimes in a religious context, uh, I think. And you come from that world uh, where we we teach not to judge, but we get really good at it anyway. <laughs> right, because we're sure. so good at teaching teaching right and wrong uh, that we begin to observe people who aren't doing what we think of as right, and and we get a little judgmental, and so uh, we have to overcome that uh, to really have empathy. Uh, how have you been able to do that as someone who works with prisoners and is paid to work with them? It would seem to me to be tempting to to judge rather than empathize how have you have you overcome that natural tendency uh i believe that goes back to to my belief in god and what the bible says you know don't um don't you know glass houses throw the throw the rock and you know in fact uh very interesting just happened last week somebody told us one somebody stole the electric pencil sharpener out of my classroom. And I got so angry and, and I made uh, humor out of this for two or three days uh, with my students because I, and I told them, you know, you know, in my flesh, it, it really made me mad. And I, you know, that, and I even used a, a profanity word, uh, you know, and profanity in the prison is a normal thing, of course, you know, but uh, I only use it but and, and I and I only use it when I try to, you know, make and I said and 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 then I, you know, that's that the, the scumbag who, who sold it. And I didn't even uh, and, and I went for my other two or three electric pencil sharpeners that I had um, in stock and they were all gone. And here I just learned something after 20 years. I'm, I don't know how this one you know, uh, passed by me, why they took the pencil sharpeners is because they take the motors out of them for the tattoo guns. And I, you know, oh. I, I should, I should, I should have known that one. I mean, I don't know how I missed that one. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, so it's, it's, uh, you know, my thing is, <laughs> yeah. How would you convert a pencil sharpener to a tag too? Good. That's wild, but okay. Right, yeah. right. So, um, so I, so I, after, you know, after a couple of days, I said, you know, if this, the, if that's the worst thing that happened to me this week, you know, that somebody, you know, some, you know, they stole my, you know, that I'm doing better than most, but um, yeah, but, but to answer your question back to the, you know, it, it's a spiritual thing, you know, um, you know, it's not easy, you know, to, to, to do sometimes, but, um, but that's what I do. In other words, I try to, you know, um, you know, don't, don't, whatever the scripture is about, don't throw a rock first or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, 
uh, Rich, it's been great to have you. I appreciate your insights and I'm grateful for the good work you're doing. Before you go, would you tell people how they can learn more about uh, Get Free and Stay Free and how they can connect with you personally, perhaps on social media? Yeah, that'd be great. Thank you uh, for that opportunity. And, and pretty much the website is www.getfreeandstayfree.com. The word and has to be in there and they can learn about it there. And basically the, 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 the premises were, were, were publishing stories of uh, hope and inspiration to one niche market at a time, beginning with the criminal justice impacted. And we got free transcripts on there. Uh, for folks, for some interviews that we did. And we actually published a book. Um, Yoke Fellowship uh, published a book earlier this week. If you go into Amazon and you type in uh, Get Free and Stay Free, David M. Lewis, that's the pastor that put the book together. And uh, and then and they're the two main points. And then the next book that we're going to do in November, which is a very interesting concept. And this is another one that I missed over 20 years. But there's a segment of uh, men who never committed their crimes. So the next book is going to be exonerated and released stories from prisoners who never uh, who never committed their crimes. And there's some studies that show anywhere between one and seven percent that between the, the, the system you know, really railroaded some of these guys to get, and made it look like the criminal justice system did them, you know, they look at the good job we did to get this guy off the streets. He murdered somebody, but he really truly didn't do it. So that's, that's a whole series of books that will, that I, that I think are going to, uh, that really capture the, the attention. So when we interview those guys, it's like, how did you keep the faith for 20 years, you know, how did the, you know, and explain to the inmate pop, the prisoner population and to stakeholders abroad, how maybe they can, uh, they can, um, you know, help in that whole concept. So the plan is to publish a book once every um, three months and of a different topic and all the proceeds go right to Yoke Fellowship Prison Ministry. Fantastic. Well, Rich, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us. We wish you every success in helping more people get free and stay free as they return to citizenship. Awesome, uh, Devin. Thank you very much. I'm very grateful and humbled that you would take the time to uh, to, to, to interview me, and, uh, and uh, I just appreciate it. Oh, thank you. Now, let's do some good. Yep, I'm with you. Thank you for tuning in to the Superpowers for Good show. Twice each week, we host changemakers who share their impact, insights, and superpowers. Don't miss another episode. Subscribe today at superpowersforgood.com. That's superpowers, number four, good.com. Be super empowered. Get your copy of the book, Superpowers for Good, as an ebook, audiobook, paperback, or hardcover edition via your favorite online retailer. Interested in having me speak to your company, organization, or association? Visit devonthorpe.com. Then, let's talk. Now, keep using your superpowers for good. Together, we can reverse climate change, improve global health, and eradicate poverty.